verse number 7. And uh, it's a verse we often often. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I read that. We often talk about the peace that passeth all understanding. Again, passeth all understanding because it doesn't make sense necessarily to the rest of the world what happens, but also that it provides a shelter for our hearts and for our minds. Can you pray with me as we uh, enter this word this morning? Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord God, let your word come alive in us today. We pray, Lord, let there be understanding. Let there be direction, Lord. I pray, let there be a renewing, Lord, of our minds, of our hearts. Lord, let your peace move in this place, place, Lord. Let it be a shelter, Lord, over our minds. Let it be a shelter over our hearts and over our souls, Lord, we pray. Lord, in your precious name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Yeah. This word peace has continued to resonate in, in my mind, it seems like, over the past few weeks for a, a number of reasons, but it just seems like in my prayer time, there's just that quickening that, that I'm to pray for peace, that I'm to pray, pray for the peace in my mind, and not that I feel tormented in any way, but just very specifically to pray for peace. And we often think about peace as a state of mind only, right? It's a state of physical well-being. And, and can I present, and it's nothing that we don't know, but it is far more than a physical state of being. It is far more than a mental state of being, but it is a spiritual condition that God can provide for us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sent mind. The attack on peace often presents itself as fear, and it is something that comes from the enemy to disrupt our peace, and that peace is replaced with fear. And some may say fear is even an antonym. It's an opposite of, of, of the word peace. It is something that tries to come in. And it is a spiritual battle. Understand here in Timothy that he says, he, God has not given us the spirit of fear. We see two things. That one, that God, God has given us fear. But also understand that it, that it is spiritual in nature. For He says he has not given us the spirit of of fear. It is a spiritual attack. And when it begins to wage war upon our spiritual person, it begins to affect our mind. It begins to affect our heart and the things that we think about. And we are worried about things that probably will never be. And it is simply a spiritual attack. If peace were just a physical or mental condition only, then things could bring peace. Right? If you are sick in your body, peace comes with health, right? But health doesn't necessarily bring peace. We can say that if we are without money, we are tormented because we can't do certain things. But wealth doesn't necessarily bring peace. Now they say uh, money can't bring happiness or buy happiness. And as I've often said, I'd like to try. <laughs> Just, just for a moment. You know, even if it doesn't buy happiness, I could have a lot of fun <laughs> with a lot of money. 
but it is not simply that there is something that can be, be provided to our personage that somehow brings peace. You know, oftentimes I have the opportunity because of my position to come into contact with people that I, I would consider very wealthy. They have a lot going for them. They have houses that are larger than many of the lots that we put our houses on. And uh, they have a lot of money. They make more money possibly in a year than I will make in the next 10 or 20, maybe in my lifetime. I, and and I, I look, look, by the world's definition, those things should bring, bring peace. But I often find they are so tormented and waiting for the earnings that are going to still yet, with all that they have at times, still waiting for the next earnings to bring peace. And it seems so elusive. And it's what they have not realized is that peace is more than just a wealth or possessions. It is more than just positive thinking. Now, we can do a lot with positive thinking. Don't get me wrong, wrong especially when we talk, talk about faith. But understand, understand true peace is a spiritual condition that happens. If peace were dependent upon the physical condition only, again, these individuals would have so much peace. They'd be passing it out on the street corners. They couldn't get rid of it fast enough. But they don't necessarily. But this peace that passes all understanding, it is something that doesn't necessarily make sense. And it says in our opening text that it is the, the peace of God. It is from God, this peace that is given. And when it comes from God, it is more than just positive thing. It is more than, than just possessions. And it be with the abundance of possessions or with the absence of anything that God can still give peace. And it is a peace that passeth all understanding. I mentioned that in the opening text. How is it something that passeth all understanding? I, I think really it's just because it does not make sense. When the, 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 uh, the world looks at maybe your condition and says, how can uh, Sister Rachel have peace? How can Pastor McBride have peace? How can, how can Sister Kathy have, have peace? See the things that they, they have battled. I see the things that things are going through. The things that they are doing without. How can they have peace? And they don't understand. It's a peace from God that passeth all understanding. You, you ever felt that? I'm not asking for a show of hands. But most of us have been into a place where it seemed like the enemy was crashing over our soul. And you didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. And somehow you allowed yourself to get in the presence of God just long enough. And it's almost as if, I, 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 the only way I know to describe it, it's almost as if someone who you care about very, very much just wrapped their arms around you and almost physically almost began to squeeze you. And you just know everything's going to be all right. It, it doesn't mean that conditions are going to change. It doesn't mean that suddenly I'm going to be blessed with the next promotion. But I have an understanding that, that my God is walking with me and there is a peace that is loosed in that place. It's a peace that passeth all understanding. I know it's a rather long passage of Scripture, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus is speaking, and he, he's getting kind of a, he's all around, around this topic here. He says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought 
for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body or what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and body more than raiment? Now, I think we have to understand some things here. I don't think he was suggesting that we leave our house without putting clothes on. I don't think he wasn't saying, hey, you can do without eating. I'm going to sustain you. There's going to be an ivy directly from heaven, and you, you don't have to do. I don't think that's, that's what eating here, right? But these are the things that, that at times soak so sum us. And it brings us fear, it brings us worry about how things are going to be taken care of, how we are going to take care of, of next month because this month is already getting a little bit short. You know, the month, uh, the paycheck ended before the month ended, right? It, it, it's those things that began to give us concern and there's talk on the job about, well, we may be eliminating, we may be downsizing, we may be doing this, we may be doing that. And all of a sudden things began to consume our mind and we are tormented. And we are without peace. Again, Jesus is speaking more than just about we don't have to eat or put on clothes. I think we all get that. But there are things in this life that so consume us and torment us that we can't even see what tomorrow brings. Verse number 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye, are ye not much better than they? I think we know the answer to that. But sometimes when you're in the middle of the situation, when you're in the middle of the storm, it's just hard to understand that. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lily of the valley or for field, for they, uh, uh, they grow. They toil, toil, neither do they spin. Verse 9. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. I think there's a hint here that a lot of things are spiritual in nature. There are attacks that happen. We see them as the things that are happening to us, but sometimes there are spirit things that work. And here Jesus is saying, O ye of little faith. It is a reminder that faith is a spiritual activator. It allows things to move and transition. Verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Again, all of these questions swirl and our mind and at times are overwhelming. And Satan desires to have us running around in circles that we are so busy that we don't even realize the things that we are blessed with. We are so busy running around trying to provide for our family that we forget that we have a family. We are so busy running around that we forget that, that God will give us strength, that, that God will give us direction, that God will provide for us. And, and somehow we become so disconnected from the peace that God desires that we are trying to provide peace for ourselves that we will never be able to provide. There is never any dollar amount that you can bring home that will provide peace to your family. I meet with people, and there was an individual uh, that I work with and, and talking about things and, and, and so consumed to provide for his family that he hasn't seen his family very regularly. And, and it's, it's these things that consume us, that get us so distracted, and we forget 
about the presence of God. We try to replace it with comfort and things, and we forget that it will never bring peace like being in the presence of God, like the voice of God that will speak into our situation. Worrying about things that haven't happened. <laughs> I'm there. We, we've all been there. Worrying about things that have never happened and will probably never happen, right? I, I think why they say making, making mess out of molehills. It's easy to say that to somebody else, but we have all been there. We have all been in that situation worrying about things, the disaster that is imminent. And if it happens, if it happens, it's going to be catastrophic. It's going to be catastrophic. And uh, maybe it's right, but more often than not, it just never happens. And while all the disruptions should drive us to God, it's amazing that oftentimes it drives us from God. I think there's a hint that there's a lot of spiritual things at work that we are not aware of. I know it sounds rather funny to say, but, you know, I feel like my oven is going out, so I better stay home this Wednesday night and look at that. i got to work on that. And, you know, it's, it's sleeting in Oklahoma City. I better stay home tonight. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's coming. And, and, and these things sound foolish, and, uh, and, and they're meant to be that way, but... Sometimes the things that we offer up as reasons and excuses are not much better. And the whole thing is, is that whatever is that is consuming us is very well by nature and spiritual design to remove a, move a place and a position that can provide peace that passeth all understanding. We can get so wrapped up in worry, so wrapped up in fear that we are deceived into thinking that every disruption to our peace is just a physical thing, it's just a mental thing. We have to understand that there are spirits that are at work. Hey, especially for someone who is a child of God, who has been filled with His Spirit, let me tell you, uh, you've, you've got a target on your back. <laughs> I don't know what they told you when you were up at the altar and you started to speak in other tongues as God, God filled you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, but it did not mean that it was forever roses and sunshine. Now, there is a power and an authority that you has been loosed in you. You know why that's been loosed in you? It's because there's a target on your back and at sometimes you're going to have to use some power and some authority. So it, it is uh, by design that a lot of things, I think, attack the church and attack the children of God as, as a design to separate us from a spiritual place where God can give us peace. He begins to tell us, look, what, what, whatever you want, whatever you're looking for, uh, it, it's not going to bring you peace. It's temporal. It's conditional at best. The scripture said, O ye of little faith. Again, faith. So where can I satisfy the spiritual? Verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what, what ye have need of all these things. Seek ye first, first the kingdom of God in his, his business. Seek the spiritual and then it says, and then all these things will be added unto you. We have it so backwards. 
We seek the things that will bring us peace so that we have time to get into the presence of God. We seek all the conditional things that by definition should bring us understanding, should bring peace in our family, in our home, and in our bank account, and on the job. And we seek it with such intensity, trying to get it so that at some point, point an opportunity to get in the presence of God. But scripture says you've got it all backwards. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be added to you. If you want a peace that passeth all understanding, you have to get it in the correct order. God is a God of peace. He desires you to have peace. I'm going to say it again. In case you're not feeling it, God desires for you to have peace. It doesn't mean, I didn't say God desires for you to have no conflict in your life. I think God desires for you to, for you to never be sick, to never have, have to battle a condition, to never have to battle on the job. I didn't say that. But I said God desires for you to have peace. Most of the time we do not know peace when we have it, right? We, we only understand certain things when there is a lack of it, and then we understand what we had. And it is often that way, and, and we, we don't often understand or appreciate health until we have Sickness, right? We, we often don't uh, appreciate or understand joy until we, we have sorrow and then, and then understand joy, then understand health. We often don't understand youthfulness and the joys of it until we get older and we're paying bills and then we understand. And then we're like, don't be in a hurry to grow up, you know, don't. Don't, 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 don't be in a hurry for these things as we're parents of, of children and we understand now what it means that wonderful time. To be that age. And often we cannot understand peace until we understand turmoil. And cannot appreciate peace until we've been through chaos. And may not understand peace until we've been ravaged by war. war. Yes, I understand we are constantly in a spiritual battle. But at times the spiritual battles are precipitated in the physical. And there is fear and there is personal attack. And there are financial things. There's the co-workers. There's the bosses. There's the sickness. There is death. There's all of these things. But peace is a spiritual condition that can exist in spite of anything that you face in the physical. And it can pass all human understanding. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good, good to them that hate you, pray for them that, that deceitfully use you and impute you. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I think oftentimes, you know, oftentimes I've really wanted to pray for them. God smite them with an incurable sickness. God smite them with an itch on the bottom of their foot that can never be satisfied. You know what that would be like? I, I think I would enjoy that. Personally, I would enjoy that. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> but I don't, don't think we know that's not, not what is going on here. But we have to understand that, that a lot of times the attacks that seem to be by a person that is close to us or in front of us or is the co-worker or is the supervisor or, or whatever it is, it, it is not simply that individual, but there are spiritual things at work. It is designed 
to get to you. It is designed to separate you from the way that we ought to think. And so here's that reminder to love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And we say this all the time, I think. That, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to talk, talk about the conflict flick with that per- co-worker. It's just a spiritual attack. It's just a, uh, it's something that, and, and it's really easy until it happens to you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's easy to pray with somebody. Hey, uh, and we bind together against these attacks and, and, and that they're seeing manifest as the physical or the person that, that, that's causing them problems. But when it's with you, when it's, when it's us that have been, uh, 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 thrown under the bus by a coworker, or it's us that have been uh, thrown under the bus by a friend. friend. Now our position is, you know, in, in jeopardy. Our job, job is jeopardy, and, and 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 it's much easier. Pastor Jason, this isn't a, a spiritual attack. You don't know this person. This person is just downright mean. They need everything that's coming to them. I, I, we say that laughingly, but we felt that. We've thought that. But I don't think that the scripture is conditional. I think that it said, love your enemies, whether you think they're enemies or not, real enemies or not, I think it's meant, love your enemies, pray for them, don't curse them, don't hate them, love them, even though they despitefully use you, even though they do wicked against you, even though they hate you. And understand, because it is not simply the person at times, there are spirits at work. There are spirits at work, and the whole design is to get you in a position that it can rob you from what God desires to give you, and that is a peace inside of your mind that passeth all understanding. Romans, do read it in LT. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. You recognize it. It's not going to be on the screen. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death Life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears about today nor worries about tomorrow. It seems to be buried into all these spiritual things that fears about today or worries about tomorrow. I, I, I don't think that all of it was just sandwiched the physical this comment about neither fears about today or worries about tomorrow. I don't think we started about some spiritual things that we don't have to worry about. And then it goes to the physical. And then we, then we go back to the spiritual about things that we don't have to have to about. That's, that's great us from the love of God. I, God. I think it's also to bring understanding that some of the things that we face, the fears about today and the worries about tomorrow are not just conditions in the physical, but oftentimes they are connected to the spiritual as well. They are designed to, and here Paul is writing, he's saying, hey, it doesn't matter whether it's the things you can see or the things you cannot see. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. He is the God of peace. He is the prince of peace. And it doesn't matter what is trying to destroy you, you destroy your faith, to destroy your family, or even your sanity at times. It feels like God, what is happening inside of my mind? It cannot remove you from His love. It cannot remove you from His protection if you stay in His presence. And in spite of it all, in spite of all of the storms that may wage against you, there can still be peace. And people look, how does He do it? 
How does she do it? It's not him. It's not her. It's God has imparted something inside of them. And it's a change, change the way they see things. It's change, change they respond and react to things. Paul is writing to Timothy, and already read above, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Also, it can be translated authority. God has given you power and authority and of love and of a sound mind. Who was writing this to Timothy? Anybody? Who was writing Timothy here? To writing to Timothy? Anybody know the writer? Timothy. The, I think I said somebody my mouth all looked like Sister Grace said. I said uh, Paul is the writer of this to Timothy. And what do we know about his location, his condition when he wrote this? That God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, authority, of love, and of a sound mind. This is the person that is preaching on a Sunday morning. This is the person that is preaching in AYC 2019. This is the person who is on top of the world. This is the person who has conquered everything and has everything. And everyone knows that this person is blessed, right? That's just who Paul is at this point in time, right? No, it's not. Where is Paul at that particular moment? He's in prison. And Paul is writing... God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul, who has been betrayed by people he once called friends and colleagues and once used to sit on a pew next to in a temple worship service, and now they have turned on him. And what was he trying to do? Just trying to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about repentism in Jesus' name and filling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And here he is, turned and betrayed. They wanted to kill him. And so, not only that, now he's in prison for two years in Caesarea. Felix, it says, it says that he was, kept him in prison for two years. Why was he keeping him in prison for two years? It said he believed Paul and he would have let him go, but he was just waiting for a bribe. So for two years, Paul sets in a prison. And then, then he up pleading to Caesar. He is, when, he, when he's reading this uh, uh, to Timothy, he is sitting in Rome. And at that point in time, he has been in prison for somewhere between five to six years for just trying to reach the world. And everyone that he knew and trusted has turned their back on him. Everyone that he believed in. In fact, at this point in time, it would almost seem like there was a lot of people that seemed to come and minister to Paul. But this late in, in, in his writing, this is possibly one of the last epistles that he wrote. It does not seem that anyone is constantly there tending to Paul anymore. No one is coming to see him in prison. No one even cares that he exists anymore. And Paul is writing to Timmy. And said, you've got to, got to understand where I am. And so when I write this, you have to understand that it is not just positive thinking. It's not that everything is going my way. But this one thing I can attest to, that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Timothy, I need you to hear from one who has been to the depths and maybe tomorrow be headed to the chopping block and I may lose my head. But here's one thing that I have learned in the presence of God, that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. 
Fear destroys voice. Without faith, we know that it's possible, impossible to please God. But also, without faith, there is no peace in the midst of a trial. And faith is that spiritual activator. And I'm not saying that, again, I've said it over and over. Not that every trial suddenly gets easier. I'm not saying you will always get what you want. But here's what I know. He promised to never leave you or forsake you. Beautiful stories. I was sitting with Brother Winkler several ago, and Pastor Cher shared it well. And even more since the time I talked to him. But even as he's walking through this, this time in his life, final days and wondering where's God, maybe not wondering where's God, that's my words, but just feeling the pain and needing to feel the presence of God and to feel a hand on his shoulder and to turn and look to see who's there and no one's there. What is that? That's a God said, I'm walking with you. I said, God, no matter what you have to go through, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor things present, nor, nor things come. Nothing, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God. And there's that constant reminder, I'm walking with you. How powerful, how beautiful is that? Three Hebrew boys that went through the fire. And it's not... What they had planned, <laughs> it's not the way they would have preferred it. They had no control. They had to surrender control to him, to the God in whom they had faith. They had to exercise faith. They said, it's not careful to answer. He said, I'm not careful to answer you, King. The God who we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, even if you cast me into that fire and I fall down dead, there is nothing that will change me. There was nothing that will remove me from the presence of God. My mind has made up. There is not fear inside of me. I don't want to go through it, but my mind is stayed on God. And there was a peace that is there. There, I'm not careful to answer you. I'm not so worried about my physical condition because there is something that has spiritually been imparted there. The fire that raged around them. When you surrender control to God, peace can be loosed in the fire. Because they went into the fire bound. <laughs> and in the midst of the fire, they were loosed. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine what it is like? For them to be bound and that the door be open and the guards to fall down dead. And there are more guards that have to, have to come take them and thrust them, them in flames. What could have, could have been through their mind? This, yet this is the last time. I, I know God is able, but this is probably the last time. And then to realize in the midst of the fire that your hands are uplifted now. They're no longer tied. Your feet are no longer bound. To, and there is a liberty that has happened in the middle of your storm. That is a God thing. What are you telling me? It is not just for those three Hebrew boys. But there are some individuals that God wants you to know. That even if you enter trial. 
trial and the, and the storm bound to it means that defeat is, is to, that there is a peace that can be loosed in the middle of your storm and you have been bound when you got in the middle of the storm but now in the midst you find out your hands are uplifted and there's a worship inside of you that was not there before how did it happen it is a peace that passes all understanding There is peace that is loose in the midst. The fire can be raging all around. And your mind begins to tell you you are going to be burned. You are going to be destroyed. But in that, in that moment, you realize God's got this. God's got this. It doesn't mean you're no longer, it doesn't mean you are no longer care. It doesn't mean you've given up. It doesn't mean you no longer care about your existence. It doesn't mean you no longer care about your family. It doesn't mean you no longer care about the things you're going through. But there was something that transitions in your mind and you say, it doesn't matter what I go through. I know my God has got this. I know my, my God will walk with me. I know my God will not, not with me. He said, none shall be able to to cite me from the love of God, of God. And it doesn't matter what I have to go through. If I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, let me tell you, when you make up your mind that you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, it doesn't matter what's on your horizon. You know my God's got this. And even if I have to walk through it, he's going to go with me. Even in the valley of the shadow of death. Even in the presence of my enemies. Didn't say there wouldn't be death. Didn't say there wouldn't be enemies. Did you catch that? But it said, even in the midst of all those things, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be there with you. And at times, I, I, I've often commented about it, but thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hey, guys, you all just sit back and wait a minute. God's prepared something special for me. What does that look like to you? Besides slightly insane peace. I can take time to eat my lunch. I don't have to have my stomach so in knots that I can't digest food. I don't have to be in such pain mentally that I can't even focus and I can't even do things and I'm turning to other solutions to try to, to, try to bring me peace. No. Let me tell you where that, where that becomes. That can, that can allow a table to be prepared for you in the present presence enemies. And I don't think it's just prepared, but that you have the peace to sit down and enjoy what God has given to you even when your enemy is headed right towards you. It's peace. It's peace that passeth all understanding. We forget that God and the spiritual can change the physical. Drawing to a close, Mark chapter 4, verse 30 and 39. And he arose, Jesus arose, and they're in a ship, him and his disciples. You know the story. And he arose and rebuked the wind. 
and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I love the words that he spoke. He didn't say, wind be still. He didn't say, storm cease. But he said, peace be still. And then the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. In verse 40, and he said unto them, why were ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Here in the middle of the storm, Jesus is in the ship. And he just says, peace be still. And when there was peace, in this particular case, it was not just in their minds, but the actual physical situation. The spiritual come, somehow came down and transferred into the physical. And so it is not that God just desires that in your mind to, to give you peace. But at, but at times so when you reach, reach place and he says, peace, peace, be still. It will not just be that your mind is able to idle long enough to understand things, but there was something that happens in the spiritual and the storm that you were facing and you didn't know how you were going to get through it. All of a sudden the wind ceased and there is a great calm. I love that he didn't even say that there was a calm. He says there was a great calm. Uh, uh, to me that just means it was so extreme uh, that it went from waves that looked like they were about to destroy us uh, to there wasn't even a rip up on the wall. The wall. What are you saying? Then when God moves into a situation uh, don't be deceived. It's not only our mind that, that he desires to bring peace to, uh, but he can bring peace to a situation. Uh, and so while it may be a spiritual design to move you away from God, uh, if you can put him first uh, and get in the presence of God, uh, he will touch your mind and he will touch your situation as we all stand in our lives we are filled with the Holy Ghost Jesus was in the ship they tried everything else and then finally remembered Jesus in the ship how often do we do that for us us that filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we try everything else to bring us peace. I'm praying that somebody wake up and remember Jesus is in the ship. And he's ready to speak peace into your life and into your situation. As we pray right now, can we pray that peace moves into this place? Lord Jesus, remember, this, this is when it was, Christianity was in its infancy, brand new. And Paul said this, yes. be careful that those that, that would try to, try to tell you about Jewish, Jewish traditional law, those that would try to convince you, be careful that it doesn't uh, steal your faith. Be careful that it doesn't hinder your faith. And then, of course, um, he, he, he sends another word out there that how many knows what rudiments mean? Anybody? I'm sure you use it every day. Anybody? Rudiments? Well, <clears throat> the, the, the nearest I understand is that, that word, and it's kind of vague if you look at, at Strong's, but, but it gives you a couple of different things. And so, so from my understanding, rudiments is, is principles. The principles of 
worldly beliefs. Be careful about principles of worldly beliefs. And so, <clears throat> so when, we, when we begin to realize there are, there are all sorts of thought processes, there are all sorts of things that are floating out there in the world, there's all sorts of things that, that are trying to steal your faith. And so, so, so when we begin to understand that, that God is a, is a full God, our trust and our hope in Him, we put our allegiance in Him. We trust in the Lord. Our, our love and our, our law and our, our life is in Jesus Christ. And so, so we look to the Word of God as we study the Word of God, as we pray, as we listen to God's Spirit, as we allow God's presence to, uh, to be upon our lives, as we study the Word of God so powerfully and so wonderfully in our lives. You know, sometimes I, I, we, I think we uh, don't realize, realize the power of the Word. The, the word, of, word of God carries such strength. It carries such strength. It may be a simple word, and it it may just 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 for a moment seem like that nothing is there. But when you read the Word of God, your faith has got to grow. When you you read the Word of God, strength comes upon your life. When you pray, and sometimes the prayer seems so empty. Is it just is that just me? Sometimes the prayer is so hard. Sometimes it's just struggling through. And then in other times, it's like there, there's less. Pow! Wow! What was that? Was that God? And then, and but but you, but you, uh, I think the I think the key is what somebody's already mentioned here is our faithfulness to the Lord. You know, here here you guys are here on a Wednesday night, faithful to the Lord. Our faithfulness to to Jesus Christ and and his his doctrine in our lives. Our strength that that we will not waver, we will not turn, that we will not not allow anything else to become between us and the Lord Jesus Jesus in our lives. So let me take you to to another scripture found uh, 2 Timothy 1 and verse number 7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I think probably each one of us at times is faced with fear. Fear, fear of how things are going to work out. Fear of if things are not going to work out. Fear of, of uh, rejection, fear of, of all sorts of things. This world is, is full of fear. And I, I believe that that is a, that is a major, uh, <clears throat> major thing that, that Satan focuses on. What gets rid of fear? All right, I thought you would say that. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love and so so when we when we realize that 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 uh, <clears throat> that God has given us that spirit spirit it didn't come from God but he's but he's but of power and of love and of a sound mind that God gives us strength we have strength to to uh, fill our day we have strength to make it forth 
in, in the day, when we keep the faith, when we allow the presence of God to direct our heart and our lives in keeping faith, one of the most incredible things that we can do is have a testimony of God, of God with us. A testimony of the, the thing God has accomplished in our lives. Amen. Does anybody have a testimony? I'm the only one? Anybody got a testimony? I'm not going to call on you. I'm just asking if you got a testimony. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> I finally got people to respond tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Why don't we stand together? <clears throat> I can tell you my, my mind is wondering, and yours is too. God is good. God is wonderful. And we must keep the faith. We must allow God in our lives more than ever before. When, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the scripture says the spirit will rise up a standard against him. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just join together in, in prayer as we, as we close this service tonight. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your mercy, for your truth. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for life. We're thankful for hope, Lord God. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for your presence, your purpose, Lord, Lord, in our life, oh God, for all that you do and everything that you give us, Lord Jesus, and all that you are, Lord God. God, let us learn the value, Lord, of your presence and your power in our lives and in our hearts, God. Go with us this night, Lord God. I pray, O oh Lord God, let your blessings, let your spirit and your power be upon us mightily in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, you're out a little bit early tonight, so, so, so spend, a, spend a little bit of time, fellowship, fellowship one with another.